Hello and welcome back to another episode of SciPod. This is the first time that we are going to be having a recurring guest on the podcast. The podcast has seen about 30 episodes to date, but I have been trying my best not to do more than one interview with a guest. However, I thought this would be a great opportunity for me to catch up with my friend who moved to America a while ago and also talk to her about how much she has changed from that experience. If you recall, in last week's episode, I said to Quan that I would love to have him on the podcast again sometime, mainly to discuss how his new surroundings will have changed him and the way he uses the English language. And then I realized I already have a guest who was on the podcast a while ago who also moved to America. That person was Quinn. The first episode in which she featured was released in October, but it was recorded even before that. So it has been, if memory serves, about three quarters of a year since I recorded that episode. It has also been the same amount of time since I last met Quinn. I'm very excited to have Queen on the podcast again and in today's episode we will be reintroducing her to all of you guys and talk a bit about how Queen's new environment has affected her second language ability. Without further ado, let's jump right in. Hello and welcome back to another episode of SciPod. Today is the first time that we are going to be having a recurring guest on the podcast. Listeners, take a guess. Who do you guys think it is? Well, actually, I just realized everyone knows from reading the title that we're interviewing you. So why don't you introduce yourself to the audience once again and focus on the things that have changed since the last time we spoke. Um... Hello everyone, my name is Quinn. I'm currently a freshman at DePaul University. Uh, I studied at class English 2 in Amsterdam High School for the Gifted. Um, I am interested in, of course, mental health awareness. But right now, into the second semester, I'm, I have taken a liking to um, computer science, which I have never thought I would. So it's a very interesting thing happened to me. I picked up writing. I, you know, like I have this blog on Facebook, right? And, yeah. and recently I have been like managing my time. So like the first semester, I, it took me a really long time to get used to the environment, the people, the food. Actually, I still am still not used to the food. It's still weird for me. But I have been like doing really well, managing my time, my classes, my work, and even my hobbies. And, you know, have letting myself like have some time for myself. Like that sounds really wrong, but you get my point. Yeah, that's great to hear you settling in so quickly. Do you have sort of a different name in the US? 
Well, this is a very interesting question because um, like a topic, my name. Um, so when I introduce myself to new friends, of course, I would say my name is Quinn. So I will make it a little bit sounds like Quinn, spelled as Q-U-I-N-N. And then they will ask me, is it actually Quinn? Or do you want to say like my original name from Vietnam? So like Quinn. So I will try to teach them how to say my name in Vietnam. And it, it surprised me that they liked it, like because that's my preference. They try to remember it. And every time they text me, they will try to uh, say my name and like my original name instead of Quinn, the kind of American version of it. So I still say my name as Quinn, but I still prefer Quinn because that's my, you know, my name, my identity. And people who have like a hard time uh, spelling Quinn, they still say Quinn, it's all right. But uh, others, if they are more comfortable with Quinn, they will call me Quinn. So I think I do have an American name, but it kind of depends on the people who say it. I think I'll probably still call you Quinn. I had the idea of bringing you onto the podcast right after I record the last interview. I actually talked to Quinn um, and... Uh, I think the last thing I told him was I hope that I could speak with him again in a while to see how he will have progressed or progressed, however you prefer to say it. That was where the idea to have a recurring guest once in a while came about. And I realized that I had I already had the chance to speak with you before you move to the US. So I figure you would be the best first recurring guest for the podcast. I think listeners will be able to tell some difference just by listening to you. But of course, we'll talk more about how you have gone through a transformation since your move to the US. The listeners may also be detecting a change in my voice. That would just be because I'm feeling unwell. So no mystery there. It's not stopping us from doing the interview, though. So let us get underway. So when I spoke to Quan, the discussion was, you know, more centered on, he, he is, of course, if you haven't listened to the last episode, also an international student living in America. So our discussion was more centered on immigration and how acculturation and settling into a different environment can be stressful and difficult for a young first-year college student. Today, we're going to have a slightly different focus, which is about the resultant growth that a person gains from such an experience. In other words, how the environment changes the person. We're able to delve more into that aspect today since I have known you for not, not a very long time, but you know, longer than Gwen. And we have, we have the last episode as some sort of a reference point. So we are also going to spend some time talking about second language acquisition after a change of surroundings. Why don't we kick off with this topic actually? When I did my last interview, I left this topic last and the time ran out. So I will not be making that mistake again today. Um, Quinn, how much do you think your English abilities has improved? This is a very interesting topic because ever since I got into the US, 
Okay, at first I thought my English would improve, but you never guess. I mean, you could. My English kind of deteriorate because, okay, they don't engage in conversation with complex words with the grammar we learn in Vietnam. It's just simple English and. Basically, you can make mistakes all the time, and people will not correct you. That's how I feel about English now. It's just a tool to communicate, to express your ideas and stuff like that. So, in class, ever since since last semester, I will have like discussion based sections, and then my mind would run through a lot of thoughts, and I keep speaking English, and. I would not care about my grammar at all because if they get the whole picture, they get my point, then it's delivered. So I have fulfilled my purpose. So when I think about English now, I don't think my English improved. I feel like I gained confidence speaking English though, because the more you interact with friends from different nations and backgrounds and all those things you realize everyone's english is different they have accent they have dialects they learn about different stuff and they learn about different way to convey stuff so that's like a very interesting aspect of english and <laughs> pretty interesting um I'm gonna tell you. So this semester, I'm taking a class. It's called University 300 Practical Oral Communication. So basically, I'm training to become a speaking consultant at the Academic Resource Center next semester. And what we learn in that class is that you don't, you should not scrutinize the English of a person that much because. They come from different backgrounds. They raise differently. They have like accents, dialects, and everything is different. So, what is considered good English or improved English? I think it's just if you can get your ideas delivered and it's spoken clearly, then you have gained your purpose. So what I learned when I come here is that my English does not improve that significantly. It's kind of the same, but I gain. I'm more comfortable with it now, like conversing English, actually using simple words to make people understand my ideas. Because you know sometimes people just don't understand if you say difficult words, right? So. That's how I feel about second language acquisition right now. Yeah, but if you define language as just something like a tool that you use, and you don't have to be absolutely perfect at it, I think you can still measure the improvement by you know thinking about how good you are at using your tool. So, for example, I don't think we have time for us to sit here and listen back to the last time we spoke, but I know. When I uploaded the episode, you told me that you use a lot of things like uh, something like that, and now I don't hear that anymore. So you just save like I don't know, I mean thirty seconds in a whole thirty minutes 
session of speaking, but it's time saving and you sound more fluent and you get your point across more clearly. So that's an improvement. Okay, um, I get your point there. So uh, compared to the last post, uh, podcast we made together, I had this I thought that because I have so many things going around in my head, if I don't speak fast, it will go away because as an international student, you have your native language and you have to translate that language into English inside your head. And then you have to say, you speak with English, right? And in the class I just told you about, it's actually saying we're not rushed. We can just think about it, use 10 seconds, 20, no, not 20, 15 seconds to actually think about what point are you going to make? And with that, I have more time to actually organize my thoughts and utilize English as a tool to get my ideas delivered better. So, okay, I get your point. And okay, I admit my English do improve, does, does improve. Sorry, that's a mistake. And, but just don't think about it like you have to improve or something. It's, it's a journey, I think. Yeah. I agree with you. That's all as people understand. It's all fine. Some time ago on the podcast, I criticized the way that people teach and learn English in Vietnamese schools as inefficient. And I want to pick your brains on this topic as a person who uses English as a primary language of communication every single day. How well do you think that your education in Vietnam has translated to your English abilities while you're overseas? And what do you think are the tweaks and changes that could be made to help those teaching and learning of English in Vietnam? Okay, so first I want to say that I think I'm more privileged than many other kids because I got in touch with English since I was a kid. So at a very young age, I'm in love with the English language. Perhaps that's the reason why I chose the English major in like high school. Um, but I fell in love with the speaking part of it more. So I think I got a really good foundation of it since I was a kid. And I went to many places in Hanoi that teaches, that teach English. And the thing that I learned from them I don't like the boring class about grammar, structure, everything like that. I like the part where I got to interact with other students in English and even native speakers. So I think one of the reasons Vietnamese students are struggling with English or speaking it is that they don't get the enough interaction with English by native speakers or other people who are learning English because they are so focused on the grammar aspect like the pronunciation the spelling and everything like that the lexical grammar Ugh, no one likes that okay perhaps there are people like that I'm sorry <laughs> but I think in order to speak it better to speak English fluently, you need a lot of practice with 
people who are yearning to, who wants to speak English or who is an English speaker. So in my middle school, my teacher would always tell us that like during the weekend, we should go to somewhere that has a lot of like English speakers, like foreigners, and we have a conversation with them. And we did, actually we, my class actually did a group project based on that, like talking to foreigners and, you know, editing into a video, like talk, talking to converse in a real life situation. Then you would know in that situation, what should you say? Because real life conversation, it does not go like, hi, I mean, it does go with hi, how are you? But it has other elements too, because each person is different. And the conversation varies so much that you actually need the practice, the interaction with it in order to get better with speaking English. One of the things that I find odd is that when some of my acquaintances who spend terrible amounts of time overseas in English-speaking countries come back to Vietnam with dissimilar levels of improvements in their English language abilities. So this can be, of course, ascribed to various factors, such as how old the person is, how far along they are in learning their second language, and how much they practice communicating that language with native speakers. I can see that you have improved quite a bit for having stayed in America for only half a year. I know that it's a bit difficult to disentangle this combination of factors, but which do you think are the most important factors to help you enhance your English capabilities? I think the most important key is time. With time, you can practice, you can have more interactions. With time, you would learn how to control your English, the breathing, the pronunciation, the time you need to think and organize your thought in order to put into a full sentence. If you manage time or get used to time, then you are able to do a lot of stuff, including improving your English. I just read this quite interesting study. So it's a study conducted with university students from Sweden and Australia. They're trying to sort of see the difference between people who learn Swedish as a second language and a people who learn Swedish as a foreign language. So basically the difference between the two groups is that one group study Swedish in a non-Swedish speaking country and the other is also studying Swedish but it's in Sweden. They're trying to see the difference between how they develop their language abilities. The result found that both groups develop grammar similarly but the difference came in the areas of pragmatics and lexicon. So pragmatics means the use of language in different contexts. And as a former Vietnamese high school student who specialized in English, you probably know lexicon means vocab. Do you feel like your experience in America is somewhat analogous to the result of the study? By that, I mean, do you see a discernible difference in the way that you are incorporating context into your choice of words? Do you see a tangible change in the kind of words that you're picking up? Are you learning more slangs or are you still learning a lot of big words like we do in Vietnam for no reason at all? Which 
sort of area do you feel has changed the most thanks to the change in environment? Um, that's a really good question. I think that the major difference, like studying English in Vietnam and studying English in America, is that in America I got more interactions with more people who also speak English. So my English kind of improved in like communicative ways. Compared to Vietnam, I was more focused on the structure and the vocab of English. It's kind of funny because the thing that we learn in Vietnam, what I maintain is the basics of it. And I never get the chance to apply it in real life. So those things I forgot. In America, I do learn big words. I do learn a lot of complex ideas. And because you have to use English as a tool to do well in other classes of the courses, like we got to learn the terminology, the big terms and everything. And we got to apply it in real life settings and everything. So I retained those more and I got to apply it in real life more compared to Vietnam. So Vietnam did a really good job. They have good, you know, purpose behind it, but they failed to apply it into like real life situations and right now I I enjoy my studies in America because I got to exchange my ideas in English about other stuff in daily life conversations. So I think the major difference is that Vietnam is it focused on the structural and the vocab aspect of English. Why America maybe is not all about the structure and the vocab. It's more about the application. And in order to actually use English as a tool in the daily life. As I read into the study, one very interesting sort of result came up, which shows that people learn Swedish as a second language which basically means that they are living in Sweden. They use less verbose language than the people who um, were studying Swedish as a foreign language, which means that they are living in, in this case, in Australia. As you have stayed in America for about six months, do you feel like your answer are getting shorter and shorter and you are saying a bit less? For example, if somebody asks you the direction to the nearest bank, you'd say, oh, if you follow the map and you know look on the right and as we are taught in Vietnam to you know speak with the full senses, or do you now just say you know look to your right and while I is there um, something like that? Do you use sentences that are complete and long and elaborate, or do you use sentences that are short and straight to the point? Yes. Yeah, so after I moved to America, I do realize that. I use more, I use shorter sentences. And some, 
how to say this? Yeah, and more straight to the point. I think that I, in Vietnam, I kind of, because, how to say this? This is so hard. That's a mm, very interesting. I, I need time to think about this. Um, yeah, let me help you out a bit. In the study, they also say that native speakers of Swedish are the most likely to use short sentences. So do you think that it's more of a thing that you're learning from the people who you're living with? So you're learning that you don't need to use long sentences from Americans. Or is it the result of you, you know, moving away from Vietnam and stop learning English from the, the Vietnamese guys? And so you just drop out of the habit of speaking so elaborately. I think that after I moved to America, a part of me changed. I think it's all right to say short sentences. There's nothing wrong with it. It's straight to the point. And it's still, still got my ideas delivered. And in a day, I do not have that much time to actually converse in really, really long, like in your example, like directions asking so wouldn't it be easier to go straight to the point and okay perhaps after I moved to America I learned a lot from my friends uh, my American friends or my other English speaking friends they we were having conversation like hi hey how are you I'm good good and then we walk past each other so that's like a 10 second conversation happening every day in my life now which is kind of sad but also I'm all right like you know we have classes in like five minutes we cannot stay long but long or short I don't think it makes that much of a big difference it's still good that you get your ideas delivered it's just pretty sad because you know in uh, every time in Vietnam when you learn English, you actually say really really long and full complete sentences. Right now you just say short one, and your ideas still got delivered. I don't think it's okay. I do think it's part of the environment. Hello, and welcome back to another episode.